This is Teenage Scream, where we lovingly dissect the best and the worst of 90s teen horror. I'm Heather Parry, and with me is my co-host, Kirsty Logan. Hi. Don't know why I said it like that, sorry. I like it. Fancy. It makes my name fancy. <laughs> Kirsty Logan. Kirsty Logan. Uh, at least it wasn't Christy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I get that a lot. And you get Helen sometimes, which is not well, your that's name. That's mainly off my mum, though. <laughs> I love that your mum, who presumably half chose your name, <laughs> still doesn't know what it is. It's because my sister-in-law is called Helen. Okay. And both my brother and my partner are called David. And also, I've also got an uncle, David. And also my dad's younger brother, who died when they were little, was called David. That's a lot of Davids. Too many Davids. Um, but yeah, I, so I, Helen has not been in our family as long as me. <laughs> to the tune of like 17 years, but yeah, I just get Helen every single time I see my mum now. I get Helen, I get Will, Sam, Andrew, everyone else's name. My wife called me Rosie the other day, which is the <laughs> dog's name. So that was fun. <laughs> I haven't yet got Fidel or Ernesto, but it's probably coming. <laughs> the time will come. Uh, so we've done our usual thing of just waffled about just nothing waffle. for... Hello, welcome to Waffle Chat. Welcome. <laughs> Today we are talking about, eventually, the Fear Street book, The Overnight. <sighs> are you ready for it? And you know what? I kind of am. But the yawn I just did was not, should not be taken as to... It wasn't a yawn of, oh God, this again. It's because I'm 34 years old now, and so just tired. That's just my personality, I'm just tired. Yeah, at half seven last night, I was like, it is too early to go to bed. <laughs> I know it is, but I want to. <laughs> not necessarily like straight to sleep, but not far just off. Just cosy in. Just cosy in. Read my book. I like to fall asleep with my book in my hand, and then kind of jolt, and then it bangs onto the floor, and you know. Who doesn't enjoy that? I'm into that now, because <laughs> I'm a thousand years old. Um, I didn't fall asleep reading this because it was just too thrilling. Can I shock you? Are you going to say you liked this book? I kind of did. What? Yeah. You must have been in a good mood because it's shit. No, it's because I read it after the book we're going to do next week. Oh, that was rabbit. Rubbish. Rabbit. It was rubbish. <laughs> I was so... going to say rotten, and I'm trying to not say rotten because then you slag me off. <laughs> Well, okay, let's get into it. Okay, so here's the cover. Um, it's... <laughs> I kind of like it. Do you? Well, I know I like the colour. I like the colour scheme. It's a deep teal, which I'm about to paint my bedroom walls. It's a nice colour. Um, so there, it's... The cover is... Do you want me to describe it, or am I just taking over? Yeah. No, okay. You, do you not usually? Oh, I don't the, know. The other what, person usually describes it. I haven't got memory anymore. <laughs> we've, we've, we're on season eight, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Um, yeah, it's a deep teal in the background, but the background is a woodland area. And in the foreground, um, we've got a number of children, teenagers, sat around a campfire. A number? <laughs> you can't, <laughs> can't be asked to count them. Six? Seven? Can't tell. Um, and they are lit up by the warm yellow-orange of the campfire, which I think is really nice. And then the shadow on them is also teal. See, it's a nice combination. And then that... That colour is carried through the, the title, where it says overnight in what is quite a horrific font, mm. I think. Um, but that is on the black background, because the black is also of the shadow. You see, I think the colour scheme works out well. Oh yeah, and it's got a horrible red bit at the top, where it says Fear Street R.L. Stein. Where your worst nightmares live. Where your worst nightmares live. 
Um, it's a lot of text, isn't and, there? And then the tagline says, they shared her terrible secret, but could they get away with murder? Oh my god, looking close up, they're such 90s teenagers. Yeah, they one's, really are. One's got, like, spiky, like, punk goth hair on the left. Oh yeah, we'll get into her, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> you must be in a good mood. I can't believe you actually like a Fear Street cover. I mean, uh, yeah. I'm not in a good mood, so I've got no oh, what that is. I read, <laughs> I read this very quickly. Um, it's also not set on Fear Street. No, a lot of these books aren't set on Fear Street. It's almost like it's well, it really is, tangential. It's behind Fear Street. On Fear Island. Yes. Although the series is not called Fear Island. <laughs> okay, before we begin, I'll just recap the R.L. Stein bingo card. Jump scares, bland menacing, girls fighting over a basic dude, white blonde hair, pranks or jokes, a redhead little brother... I'm going to burp. And animal, cru- animal cruelty, fat shaming, white supremacy, and then the bonus box is Sports Ball, The Beatles, or Stephen King. So the bingo card for Teenage Scream would be one of us burps, five <laughs> minutes of waffle before we even describe what book we're doing, uh, an overly excessive combina- uh, description of the cover, um, forgetting every other past episode we've done. What else would it yep. be? Rosie uh, Schnufflin. Rosie attempts to knock the microphone over. <laughs> <laughs> Someone outside does DIY or cuts their lawn. <laughs> a hysterical five-minute period yep. where nothing makes sense. Um, and me referencing whatever TV show I'm watching at that time. As if everyone else is watching it and it's being broadcast on the television. <laughs> the thing is, I don't have a TV and we don't watch much TV. It's you like watch a treat. so much TV. No, we watch like maybe an hour a day. Okay. Right. That's quite a lot. While we're watching, while we're eating dinner mm-hmm. now. <laughs> Although we never That's do that. It's a normal amount, I would say. I think a lot of people watch a lot of TV. Like, they have TV on all the, day, all the okay. time. And we're only really doing this because we can't go out. But it is TV from, like, 20 or 30 or sometimes 40 years ago. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that is funny. Yeah, I guess I don't, I don't watch that much TV. I just get so easily bored of it. Mm. I just Half the time I just think, I could be reading a book right now. Yeah, or doing some crochet or going for a walk because it's nice and light in the evenings. Nah, I'd rather read a book <laughs> than do any of those <laughs> things. But, yeah. Okay, I'm going to read you the first page of... The Overnight. Okay. Must we? <clears throat> now I'm going to read you the whole thing. Oh, just because no. you said that. I would just walk right home. <laughs> Fine, it'll just be me and the listeners <laughs> joining Fear Street together. Here we go. Delia O'Connor tugged the combination lock, wondering why she could never get it to open on the first try. All the way down the long hall, locker doors slammed and kids laughed and shouted to each other, the daily celebration of school letting out. The lock pulled open on the third try. She removed it and swung open the locker door, groaning as the heart on the inside of the door came into view. Last September, someone had scratched the heart and the words Delia and Gary inside it into the grey paint. For the hundredth time, Delia told herself to find something to cover it up. She didn't want to be reminded of Gary every time she opened her locker. She had angrily broken up with him three weeks ago, never dreaming that he would take her seriously, that they wouldn't make up in time for the spring prom. But the prom had come and gone. Gary was just gone. <laughs> Will I tell you that my first boyfriend was called Gary? Oh no. Big Gary as well, because there were two Garys, oh, a big God. Gary and a little Gary. I guess it's better than little Gary. It didn't refer to penis size, I can tell you. Oh. Yeah. Oh well. I just, I'm sure there's lots of nice people out there called Gary. I just can't imagine it's a name that you would gasp in a moment of passion. <laughs> Gary. You know? Oh, Gary. Like Kevin. Yeah. Or just quite a lot of names that you just... I just can't imagine looking at a baby and being like, Gary, the baby. <laughs> you know? Are you saying that it's not going to be one of your choices? No. <laughs> no, actually, I don't know if regular listeners know that. Um, 
I think only Patreon listeners know that oh. um, my wife and I are expecting a bebe, <gasps> a real life bebe. So if you think there's a lot of interruptions now with Rosie. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> God. And I'll be talking about poop all the time, which yeah, is be fun. Some, seems to be a common parental thing that happens. My brother, when he had his first kid, or rather his wife had it, I mean, you know, together they <laughs> created him, uh, just went into such detail about the shits and how... Um, the first shit is so bad because it also contains all of the, like, hair that the baby has, like, oh, shed. Yeah. And I was, like, 21 at the time, and I just was like, I don't I need to know any of this. I think it can contain the hair, because the sh- hair comes off. The baby doesn't absorb, or does it absorb the hair? It ingests it. Oh, babies are weird. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, let's meet our characters. Here's who we have. They are all members of the Outdoors Club. And already I hate them, because <laughs> I don't like the outdoors, and I definitely wouldn't join a club for it. I did Duke of Edinburgh. Okay. And it was me and a was bunch of good? boys. Was he good? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's the most disgusting thing I've ever said. He's dead now, isn't he? Yeah, I was assuming you did it before he died. Yeah, but I mean, he died, like, very recently. Yeah. Um, I did it, and I... I don't know if I was just trying to prove something to myself, but it was quite fun. But I had to be in a tent on my own because I was the only girl. Oh, Yeah. That's nice, though, your own tent. And I wasn't the one who uh, was too weak to carry all the stuff, so we had to share it out amongst ourselves. That was a boy, so I felt vindicated. I hope it wasn't way. Big Gary. It was not Big Gary. Good. <laughs> he didn't show himself up. Rosie's just come over for a little a scritch. scritch. Oh, you like a scritch, Rosie? <laughs> She had a massive dish of chicken skin this morning. Aww. So she's very happy with life. Because <laughs> I think last episode she was in a huff because she couldn't have a cheese toasty. Cheese toasty, that was it. But she's had some chicken skin now, so. Uh, one of our cats who's never vomited before in her life decided to vomit all over my new rug the other day, so that's nice. Kind. I just wiped. Oh, oh, thanks, Rosie. <laughs> that was thoughtful. Is she great? Aww. So here's who's in the outdoors club. Not, not the cat. No, in fact, they're indoor cats. Yes, so they can't join the... Maybe they want to join the outdoors club, but tough shit, because there's too many cars around here for that. Also, apparently outdoor cats are terrible for wildlife. Yeah. Yeah. Eat lots of birds and mice and things. So here's who's in the club. (laughs) Welcome to Outdoor Hatred Club (laughs) with Kirsty and Heather. Here's who we have. Delia has got pale skin, bright green eyes, long black hair, and she is, quote, thin with a model's figure. So if you want to check off your um, fat shaming box right now, oh, please feel got, free. We've got more. Oh, is there more? Yeah. Oh, God. I must have skipped over that. We also have Gary, who we know is Delia's ex. We also have Suki, who is punky. She's got spiky platinum hair, purple tights and purple lips. And she is after Gary. She... So there's also your bingo box of girls fighting over a basic dude, because Gary appears to have... No personality traits whatsoever. <laughs> I have to... I relate to Suki because mm-hmm. I I can't remember which birthday party I had, um, but I remember distinctly wearing a purple velvet dress with a purple lipstick. That's mm-hmm. the single only time I've worn lipstick at all, I think, um, when I was a teenager. And later on, she wears jeans with silver studs up the pants leg, uh, along a black T-shirt with a shot of Guns N' Roses T-shirt on top of it. And four different earrings in each ear, which 
Yeah. You can't see them, but because I've taken them all out. I used to have that as well, going all the way up my ear. Yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah, in fact, in fact, I think I had four, and then the top ones. So I just related to her. Also, turning up in jeans uh, for an outdoor activity is very me. Why the fuck not, anyway? Because that's your clothing. But they'll get wet. Well, yeah. And it's stupid. I also think I knocked <laughs> the microphone while you were talking there. Oh. After eight seasons, I have not figured out how to use a microphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, Suki seems the most distinct of them. Yeah. The most distinct personality. Unclear why she's interested in Gary. Yeah, I mean, the person I thought of um, is my friend Ali, um, of Ali and Emma. I don't know if you listen, Ali. Hi. Um, but Is Ali and Emma like a famous thing? No, it's just a couple I know. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> You're saying it like you know them. I always say that because we, know a, few, we know a few Allies. Um, but Ali posted a picture of them uh, when they were younger having like really short, spiky sort of 90s hair the other day and I really laughed. Nice. Um, but yeah, so I, I like Suki. I like her too. And She's Rosie, the only person I like. Rosie's decided to have a little whinge. Oh, is that not enough fucking chicken skin for you? <laughs> Spoiled rotten. Absolute spoiled rotten. So, we also have Maya, who is Delia's friend. She is short and boyish, and she has, quote, short auburn hair, the curliest hair anyone had ever seen. However, she is white, so I'm going to say... That's not the curliest That's not the curliest hair anyone's ever seen. It's just... It's like in these books when it's like, she had very dark skin, and you're like, yeah, dark, white skin. Yeah, you're though. talking about a tanned white woman. A tanned white person, Black yeah. people do not exist in the world of robot style. Has there ever been a non... An explicitly non-white person in these books. In Point Horror books, yeah, but not in... But not in Robot Stein ones. Not in Robot Stein books. No. No. But he will write white people... He will write people who are so white, it goes beyond reality. Like, they're so... (laughs) They're the colour white. They're the colour of white emulsion. Or they're translucent. (laughs) And you're like, what's wrong with you, mate? You're trying to create a world in that only white people exist, but they're white to an extent is completely ludicrous. Maybe he's got some kind of strange eye condition where everything looks kind of bleached out all the time yeah (laughs) everything looks bleached out rosie's actually putting her face around the side of my laptop so desperately being like please rub my head please why are you being a pain you know when nobody's here you just lie in the next room and ignore me this morning um our cats usually will like have a little bit of a scratch at the door when they decide it's time they want to be fed, which could be like seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get up and we feed them their, wet, uh, their dry food, which is in little puzzle balls, so it keeps them busy for a while. And we close the bedroom door, and then we will... Then sometimes they're fine, and then we'll just give them their wet food when we get up. This morning they cried again for the wet food, and then they just were scratching at the door afterwards, because they just wanted to hang out. Aww. They just wanted to be pals, and we were sleepy. I'm assuming this is what parenthood's going to be like. God, yeah. You just get up, give them a bit of food, and then... They play with the puzzle ball, right? Maybe till when they're five or six, mate. No, Good luck. please. <laughs> I hope it will work. Um, okay, anyway. <clears throat> we also have Pete, who is kind of hot. Well, in Delia's opinion. Oh. But he wears pleated chinos and a Ralph Lauren polo shirt. Therefore, he is too preppy. Oh, my God. How could you ever old. find a man attractive in pleated chinos? Teenager. Oh, God. Teenager. No. Just, I'm just picturing, like, white Carlton out of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> Presumably that's the look she's describing. Awful. He's describing. Um, there's also our last character, who is Ricky. Uh, Ricky's personality is fat. There's the fat phobia that I mentioned. Oh, God, it's so bad with Ricky. Will I describe him? Yeah, please. Uh, I can't Ricky, wait to be horrified. Ricky was short and chubby. 
his clothes always seem to be a size or two too big for him. Which is the opposite of what I would think that Robert Stein would write there. And his black hair, which was never combed, fell down in tangles over his forehead. He was always pushing it back with his pudgy hand. Like, you can feel the... Why did you have to say pudgy hand? Like, he's not going to have a thin hand, is he? Like, fine. Like, it's, it's just this constant kind of, like, yeah, he was fat. And, you know, that's just... Some people, that's people describe themselves as fat, that's fine. But, like... He has to have, like, he never combed ha- gross hair in his fat hand. It's like the visceral hatred comes out yeah. every time he describes fat people. And he makes all these silly jokes all the time, and the whole point of it is nobody ever laughs. But see, in all the other Robot Stein books, characters make equally stupid jokes, and yeah. everyone finds it hilarious. Yep. It's almost like, if this was a better writer, I would think he was making a comment on the fact that if you don't conform to what you are supposed to look like, then even if you act the same way as someone who does conform better, you won't be treated as well. Yep. But I don't give him that credit. No. I don't believe he's doing it on purpose. No. Not into that at all. Like, we have characters eating burgers and, like, drinking milkshakes all the time, but if Ricky did it in this book, it would be, like, a moral failing. He greedily grabbed the yeah. burger or something. <laughs> yeah, like, all the, all the characters ever eat in this is, like, pizza and burgers. Mm. Yep. <sighs> I feel like the pudgy hand is a phrase so overused as well, just as a shorthand for like, oh, look at this horrible character that we're writing, it's horrible. Just just why? Just why it was so horrible, I hate it. Okay, so all of these dull or fat (laughs) characters are meant to be going on an overnight, get it? Oh, because that's the name of, yeah. Yeah, that took a a real hot minute there, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Heather's quitting coffee, which I think is health-wise a great idea. I'm not quitting coffee. I'm just not having one today. I'm not just making any promises. Mostly asleep. <laughs> so. I'm not drinking coffee. I'm just injecting it directly into my veins from now on. Yeah, I wondered what that little drip was. <laughs> Your little drip bag that you had going on. So they're meant to be going on an overnight to Fear Island, which is a small uninhabited island in the centre of the lake, Behind the Fear Street woods, and can I just say, how big are these woods? This has come up in Point Horror books before. Why does everybody have woods in their town, and how big are they? Oh, and also, when does it become a forest? I don't know. I just thought I'd Google Fear Island to check it. Oh my god! Is uh, there a Fear Island? Well, no, but it is a uh, 2009 Canadian mystery filler, thriller um, film. God, so tired. But it doesn't look to be in any way related to Point Horror. Oh. Well, I mean, it's a pretty basic title, isn't it? You might as well call it, like, Murder House. Murder Island. Okay, I'm going to describe to you what it's like after we've done the book, because it does seem quite similar. Oh, I mean, this book's from, I think, 89, so... I don't think it's anything to do. I think they've just kind of ripped it off. Oh, maybe. However, there's a problem. Mr. Abner, the teacher, can't go. Therefore, they won't have chaperone and they can't go. But it's not like you could ask any of the other teachers in the school or anyone that's got, like, a you know, authoritarian role. Yeah, because they'll definitely want to give up their weekend to go away with six teenagers. Well, this idiot already did. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> but he must get paid extra or something. Teachers do like children, you know. No, they don't. <laughs> well, maybe. But they don't... Not all teachers like all children. I don't think these days you'd allow a man to go on his own. Probably not. They'd I don't probably think so. have to be two of them at least. I think you're right. I agree. 
But this was the 80s when you could do anything you wanted, apparently. <laughs> hey, a two-year-old, take this sack of knives to play with <laughs> in that pile of broken glass I while just... we have 18 cigarettes around you. And you take this poison back to the shop for me. Don't eat it. Naughty, naughty. <laughs> I'm going to leave you in a hot car for four hours now while I just go in and do some shopping. So with no car seat. Here's a lighter and a bag of tobacco if you'd like to learn to roll your own cigarettes. Do you know you've got to have a car seat for a kid up to 10 now? Oh, God. Really? Yeah, I don't think... Car seat? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, they well, it depends, like on how, depends on how big they are. Right. It doesn't have, it's not all 10-year-olds, but it depends on how tall they are. Do you apparently. mean a booster seat? Well, our nephews have, like, full car seats. Maybe you can have a booster seat. Really? Yeah. I mean, I remember having, like, a baby seat, but I, apparently there was a time that there weren't even baby seats. <laughs> yeah, it was the 1980s, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> so, the... Didn't al- the parents just put you in the boot prior to, like, Strapped you on the roof, I think. <laughs> or just held you on their knee. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what happened back then. However, the outdoor club are so desperate to go outdoors for some reason. (laughs) Do they not know about indoors? (laughs) So they decide to just go anyway by themselves. Now, Delia doesn't tell her mom. Now, let me tell you about her mom, because I forgot about this moment of fat shaming. Her mom is very thin. She weighed just under 100 pounds. I mean, that's tiny. That's like... Unless she's very short. Yeah, no, that's really small. That's very small. And also, why do you have to say she's very thin? Yeah. And what is it's kind of suggested as if like that's a good thing. Oh, but is it really? I didn't take that. Well, it's not really. She's not ill or anything. She doesn't seem to have any food issues. But she she's described as a bit like a bird. Yeah. Like a little. She sort of pitters around and. He does really just make people's shape be their personality, <laughs> doesn't he? Yeah, we don't know anything else about Mrs. Delia, do we? <laughs> Just thin. Mrs. Delia. Mrs. Thin. Uh, so now they're on Fear Island and they decide to play paintball. This scene lasts for far too long. It's not paintball, it's zap. It's zap guns, Z-A-P, albeit in capital letters. Is that a real thing? I assume it was like Nerf. Oh, okay. I don't know, Just let me look up zap guns. This is my role. You're going to get loads episodes. of targeted ad for guns now. <laughs> oh no. I know. Wait. So there's a very long scene where they play with zap guns, which are just paintball guns. Are they real? Um, it's in uh, Nazi zombie wiki. Okay. <laughs> so that's not good. The zap guns and the wave gun combine to make one of the greatest wonder weapons in zombies. Is that a game? I assume or a it film? must be a game. Okay. Well, we've gone down a rabbit hole now. The zap gun is a 1960s, 1967 sci-fi novel by Philip K. Dick. Maybe he got it from there. Maybe it would be a lot more interesting if we just pulled out all references to these films and talked about that actually good oh, stuff. Yeah, we could talk about Philip K. Dick instead. Oh, wouldn't that be lovely? Yeah, mm, not today. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I don't know why they don't just call it a paintball gun, but there you go. Maybe again, Robot Stein is um, floating his ideas for possible businesses. <laughs> He's like, maybe we maybe, could have this business. Maybe I'll Google one day like all the attempted patents uh, Robert mm. Stein has tried to bring out make sure you google variations on his name Bob Stein <laughs> Robbie Stein oh right? Bobby because he might have tried to hide his identity in that way Robert's your father's brother Stein what? you never heard the phrase Robert's your father's brother oh yeah I like that that was such a grandpa thing to say <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you said that okay so Delia while playing I'm not going to call it that playing paintball Delia wanders off and she meets a sexy stranger. So he's around 21 or 22, 
quote, the most handsome guy I've ever seen. <laughs> He's got dimples like a model and he wears this skull necklace. They do some incredibly awkward flirting, but then this happens. He says, a sense of humour is important, don't you think? I think so. Some people don't have a sense of humour. How do you deal with them? You know, what can you do about that? Sometimes it's the only way to reach someone. Follow my meaning. So she understandably says, no, not really. <laughs> and he says, I'm talking about communication! <laughs> Shouting the last word. To which case, to which, at which point you'd be like, I'm going to go now. Because I'm in the middle of the woods with this guy and then he gets like fully rapey and I'm going to read this book because I think this is actually quite good have you marked this I've bit also as well? written actually quite good yeah so I'll read you it because I think this is quite a good bit I yeah. see what you mean about this book has got some good parts see overall it's shit it has got some effective parts and I think this is one are those real gold he asked reaching for one of her hoop earrings I don't know she said quickly backing away from him suddenly he grabbed her hair and held it tightly pulling her head back I'm fucking cringing thinking about that that's awful hey she cried what are you doing i guess they are he said solid gold you're a real princess aren't you no let go she tried not to let her panic sound in her voice but she couldn't help it he tightened his grip on her hair come on let me go i'm serious me too he said in a low voice filled with menace that's horrible yeah and can i read a, another little sentence yeah that i think is awful still holding her tightly with one arm he unzipped his jacket it was one of the loudest sounds Delia had ever heard, and the most frightening. Like, I could I could hear that. You know? They're in the woods, it's quiet, and what does that mean if someone is unzipping, unzipping their, their clothes. clothes? Oh, yeah, oh, really horrible. creepy. That is actually really horrible. See, Robot, you can do it when you try. Mm -hmm. You can really do it. You've thought about empathy there, you've, thought, you've put yourself in another person's position, and you've described it well. That's frightening. Well done, yes. <laughs> And, like, in a very feminine or, like, female mindset. Oh, he didn't write that, did he? I've just realised. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else wrote that. I just... Maybe not. I mean, some hetero men are very sensitive and can put themselves in the head of somebody else. But I think a lot of straight men would struggle to, like, really understand the threat of that. Yeah. So I think that's actually really good. We'll give... Yeah. You know, we do give Robot credit when he deserves it. Mrs. Stein, you've done a great job of inserting that into this book. When Robot went out for the day to go to his white supremacy rally <laughs> and you went over to his typewriter and typed this bit. It was really good. Top-notch work. And good good work on keeping quiet when he read it later and said, oh, I'm brilliant, aren't I? <laughs> I like this. I can't even remember I wrote Turn this, it's genius. <laughs> I imagine him like, you know... um, how Stephen King talks about when he was like at his lowest moments and he's had like nosebleed from snorting cocaine and couldn't remember what he wrote. That's my image of Robot Stein as well. <laughs> but all the time. But all the time. Are you taking drugs? No, I'm just no bleed. My nose is bleeding from me just, being so awful. I have a, a deviant septum. <laughs> deviant septum. My septum. My septum has kinky sex. It commits crimes. It. Your septum just trots off in the middle of the night. And goes I'm going to give Robot Stein more ideas now. He's going to write about a possessed septum <gasps> now. <laughs> but it was a septum. Well, he's done possessed kitchen sponge. Possessed just about everything else, it'll be possessed septum. Can you imagine being one of his friends and you'd just be afraid to say anything? Yeah. Like, do you know what? I, it was so stupid the other day. I turned around and I thought there was, like, a ham in the middle of the floor. And he goes, ham! Oh, and I go, oh, no, it's oh, no, no robot no. ham. <sighs> the evil ham <laughs> by Robot Stein. <laughs> so anyway, he gets really... F the, not Robot Stein, hopefully. This guy gets, like, fully rapey. And it is genuinely quite scary. Mm -hmm. 
So Delia kind of grapples with him. He keeps trying to grab at her, but she realizes she's got this paintball gun. And so she shoots him with it and he falls off a cliff and dies, which I'm not super sad about that, to be honest. It's a pretty good paintball achievement. I mean, yeah, you must get tons of points. So then she covers him in leaves. Points you've never been paintballing, have you? How do you play it? Do you hit people <laughs> you with paint? Hit people. You don't get points. How, how do you know who wins? Because if you've got paint on you, you're out because you've been hit. Oh, just one time. I mean, that's how I've done it. Really? Yeah, but and I went the one time I have played it in Panama, so it was really fucking hot, and it was in you know there's like no health and safety, like in Central America. I'm gonna say it's a huge <laughs> generalization. So I had um sh- like short shorts on. And a t-shirt. And just the mask thing. So I was like, if someone fucking hits me, it's going to be so painful. So I'm quite good at hiding. And a coward. So (laughs) I basically just hid until everyone else had got each other. And then was like hiding at the end. And they had to come and find me and be like, well, technically you've won. (laughs) You've won by just hiding (laughs) the whole time. See, all I know about paintball is that scene from Spaced. That's the limit, yeah. the absolute limit of my knowledge about the game that of paintball. one of the funniest things of TV, when, he, when the paint comes out of his mouth, mm-hmm. like it's like his blood. Oh, actually, no, I have a subsequent knowledge, which is the scene in 10 Things I Hate About You, which isn't really paintball, it's oh, like paint, yeah. you hold it. Yeah. Yeah. Paint, you hold it, that's the name. Yeah, is it? <laughs> it's not that catchy. <laughs> anyway. So he's That's all I know about people. Died. By the way, mm-hmm. can you remember, I can't remember whether it was a Patreon episode or the previous episodes in this season, we were talking about, is a ravine something you fall down? Yeah, yeah it is. It and is. it happened. It is. What if I'm dictating what the books are next somehow in some sort of time switch? Oh my God. What if next it's going to be a ham? Oh God. <laughs> Maybe it will be. I know nothing about geography. I'm sorry. I know about what that. an isthmus is. I'm sorry to my geography teacher. <laughs> Rosie, go and lie down. I know you don't know about ravines either. I know what colour you should colour in uh, Russia when you do the colouring in that you always do in geography lessons. Well, wherever you want. (laughs) Red, probably. Yeah, makes sense. And to cover your sentiment. Uh, So, he's dead. She tries to cover him up with leaves, but all of the outdoors club discover her ruse, her crime. But they agree to say nothing and they help her to cover up the body with leaves. Could do it a bit better, but Okay. A dig, I think. I feel like either dispose of the body properly or just leave it as it is and pretend you were never there. Yeah, because looking like you've tried is the worst thing. You would think. You would and also, think. he just fell down the ravine, didn't he? Yeah. He got shot by a paintball. You could easily just say... Oh, yeah, he's got paint on him, though, so how did he get out of there? Well, you could say we would, I was just shooting wildly into the woods. Oh, yeah. And uh, he must have just... Must have just been there. Yeah, friendly fire. Yep. What a horrible phrase. It is the worst yeah, phrase it really in the world. is bad. <laughs> However, we have this... Just as we were like, robots dying. You can be really good when you try. Here's a bit where I can't tell if he hasn't tried or he's too tried. <laughs> he's tried too much. He's trying me too much. Yeah, and it's gone a bit wrong because uh, Delia is haunted by this this crime that she's committed. And we have this quote. <clears throat> so she's waking up in the night hearing these sounds and this is what she hears. The rustling of leaves. Leaves being dropped over a young man's body. Buried in leaves. In leaves. Buried in the rustling leaves. So... Is he buried in leaves? Are they leaves, rustling? Leaves, rustling leaves. Buried in leaves. I can't... I think... I'm actually going to say this is not him not trying. This is him too much trying. <laughs> and it's just gone a bit far. There's it's like out a, of hand. In the spectrum of like not trying and trying, there's like a miniature knife blade of good. 
and and he so rarely is on it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you know those circus performers that they go across the tightrope with the stick, and you have to balance. Yeah, it's tightrope workers. Yeah, that's what they would be called. That's Sorry about the called. big um, lorry Drummond. I think that's the same lorry that went past ten minutes ago. Yeah, maybe so they're just going around themselves. Weird. Again, I've been reading too many of these. You books. in trouble with the Home Office? <laughs> <laughs> so there we have a shit bit, and we also have this amazing bit, which I'm really excited about. I can't wait to discuss this. Are you ready? <clears throat> I'm just making myself laugh. I'm stupid. It is. Delia swept a hand back through her hair. Wet, wet, wet. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no. So I investigated this, obviously. Uh, now this book was published in 1989. Wet, 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 the band. Began in 1982. <gasps> Boo. So I thought maybe they'd got their name. No. No, they didn't. Marty Pello has never read. But do you think... Do you think Robot Stein knew the band Wet 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 and put that in on purpose? Or was he just, again, doing too much trying? I, I'm i going to look up when I feel it in my fingers, I feel it in my toes came out. That was, that was around, 90s. Do you reckon? It? I think that was like 92, I'm going to say. Or well, even 94. Well, put your bets on now. I'm going to say 92 it was 94. is my bet. Oh, fuck. I knew it inside me somewhere. Oh, it was from Four Weddings and a Funeral? Yeah. Ah, okay. So, wait. Is it the... Oh, it was a cover. No. Of a song by the Trogs. I didn't know that. From... I think I did know this. From 1967, which is the year that he always quotes R.L. Stein. Oh. Yeah. So Maybe they, he's a massive Wet 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 fan. Or maybe he's a massive Trogs fan. Because yeah. they did Wild Thing. You remember? Yeah. Make my heart sing. Make everything. Yeah. Groovy. That is a good song. <laughs> so maybe he is referencing... Oh, but no, wait, no. It's Wet, Wet, Wet. It's not Love is All Around that he's referencing. I've just confused myself. <laughs> also, wet, just Wet, Wet, Wet is just a shit thing to write. Absolutely agonisingly bad. You just don't need to say that three times. Wet. wet it's wet. just Wet. Why does why can't you just say something once? Why is I mean, it called wet wet wet? That anyway. is really funny. Why are they called wet wet wet? That's oh god, we're gonna fall <laughs> down a pit now. Okay, anyway, I just thought that was a really stupid moment. So back to the book. Um, they're all spooked. All the outdoors club are really spooked all night. But at dawn, they go to find the canoes to go home. But guess what? The canoes are gone. <gasps> but oh no, Fat Ricky moved them. <laughs> the canoes haven't gone. And I kind of feel like. Robot, do you know the story of the boy who cried wolf? Because <laughs> you're being the boy and you keep crying wolf and it means we can't trust anything that you say. We don't know when it's really a wolf. And I feel like that's an important lesson as a writer to learn. Why am I telling Robot Stein about how to be a writer? Oh, Multi-millionaire you... <laughs> Robot Stein household name. Yeah, but as, we, as this is the exemplar of writing a lot and being um, incredibly rich does not mean you're a good writer. No, that's <laughs> like, true. Come on. That's true. Did you find e. out why James they're called Wet Wet um, I'm trying to look it up, but they were originally called Vortex Motion, which is way better. Maybe they changed it after they read this book <laughs> and they read the phrase Wet 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 and they were like, that's brilliant. I just can't understand. Like, they've not explained that name and I've just... Oh, wait, hang on. The band name Wet 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 was chosen from a line in a 1982 Scritty Politty song, Getting Having and Holding. What's happening? Am I hallucinating? 
1989, oh. when this book came out. <laughs> oh my god! No, 1982. Okay. It's it's tired of joking. Wet, wet with tears. So you've added a third wet. Just really wet, extra wet. And also, Marty Pello is not his real name. <gasps> what? Yeah. What's his name? Neil. Wait. Uh, McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Why would you change your name to Marty? <laughs> That's not your real name. Mark look Le- <laughs> Mark McLachlan. That's oh. why. Mark McLachlan. That's a horrible name to say. Mark McLachlan, I would say. McLachlan. Mark Mark McLachlan. Rolls off the tongue quite nicely, I think. <laughs> Mark McLachlan. Mark McLachlan. <laughs> Marty Bello. Way better. Uh, I don't know. I I'm just invested in Wet 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 quite a lot because my auntie loved them so much. Okay. I know nothing about them apart from that one song. And that he was rude to my great aunt once. And that he... That's on a previous episode. Don't know what one. <laughs> if you want to go and hear that story. Anyway, wet, wet, wet. It's wet, just wet, a wet. bad line. It's just bad. Uh, so, back to Delia. At home, she gets an envelope with a skull necklace in. Remember who's got a skull necklace. Uh, I need to talk to you at some point about why Robert Stein thinks skulls are scary, but we'll do it in the next episode. <laughs> because I'll make well, there note. is a specific mention of she looks at the skull necklace and she's like, the skulls so realistic so frightening and I'm like that's the bit Robot Stein put into the bit that Jane his wife wrote because it's not the fucking skull necklace that's scary Robot yeah. it's the man that's scary yeah but he genuinely thinks like I don't know whether he thinks that seeing a skull elicits some sort of like existential horror in people that's not been my experience I've been to the catacombs in Paris where it's all made of skulls and bones and they're I've, real ones yeah real ones from real people I've been to this this church in the Czech Republic where the person who was like the it it was like a sacred place for people to have their bones buried so when there was like a plague or something loads of people sent their bones there and the person who went who was looking after it went mad because there were so many bones that he was supposed to do so he decorated the whole inside of the church with bones and there's like a chandelier made out of every type of human bone skulls everywhere and I was never scared let me just tell you well they're not really scary. This is this whole thing of like cemeteries being scary, and you're like, well, everyone's dead, so it's not really gonna hurt Everybody you. Everybody like, is dead, Dave. Yeah, everybody's dead, Dave. Like a cemetery, <laughs> if it's gonna be scary, then it's probably because like someone could be there, and there won't really be any people around, it's and so dark. like it's dark, it could be dangerous. It, like the bodies aren't scary. Yeah, they're dead. Like they're the, gonna hurt you the least. Yeah, it's it's a strange thing. It's quite rational for you. Your, your fears aren't usually that. I mean, do you know what I mean? Your feels can yeah. be quite irrational, I would say. Yeah. But you've really walked through that one and... I'm not scared of dead things. Because <laughs> they're dead. <laughs> they're not going to hurt you. Oh, we drove past a baby deer yesterday and it had been run over and it was oh, so sad. Oh, so did we. I wonder if it was the same one. Oh. Oh. It was you. <laughs> did you hit it? <laughs> we did not hit the deer. Okay. Because I, I would still sad. be crying about it if yeah. that was the case. Oh, that is sad, isn't it? Mm. Oh. Anyway, um... I was in a car once with my ex and we hit a grouse. Oh. They're really stupid though. Like, it fully just walked into the road. Like, I, we saw it at the side of the road. Didn't really think anything of it because we were like, it will see and hear the car coming. And then it just walked in front and we were going too fast to stop. Yeah, we had a su- suicidal pheasant situation the other day. Just like, get off the road. And then you pop and they... You pop. <laughs> you honk, rather. And they just look at you. Yeah. What's wrong with them? Like, Why are pheasants so depressed? Sure, even if they don't know what a concept of a car is, surely they know, like, if it makes a loud noise, go out of the way. <laughs> you would think that's an instinctive thing. 
You move out of the way of the loud thing. I'd love to read something on pheasant psychology. I just imagine you now just walking down the street, because you can have a very loud voice when you want to. You just walking down the street being loud and everyone's like scattering. <laughs> Out oh of God. the way of the loud oh, thing. I'd love that. That's my ideal situation. I think if you walked down the street shouting honk, <laughs> I think people would move out of your way. Did I tell you I got verbally abused on my bike the other week? Why? <laughs> Were you shouting honk? No, I, I did shout get out of the way. <laughs> because it was on the bike lane on Vicky Road, so the bike lane is off the road and, mm. and kind of like uh, inset from the thing. And it's really bad that people just walk across it without looking. But there was a gang of kids. It was a gang of kids gang of in the youths. bike lane. So I like rang my little bell and then was not going incredibly fast, but I was in the bike lane. And then they just looked at me. So I was like, get out of the way, you're in the bike lane. And they were like, you fucking bitch, you fu- get out of your fucking butt. And I pedaled away really fast. <laughs> Why did they do that? Because they're teenagers. Were you, were you frightened? Bigger boys. <laughs> The big boys frightened me. It was the girls. It was scariest. Man. Youths are frightening when you're old, like us. (laughs) Also, don't stand in the bike lane. Get out of the bike lane. You might get hit by a bike. I've got... It would really hurt to get hit by a bike. All the law was on my side. Hmm? Which is not a thing I can do. I just would always look, because I don't want to get hit by a bike, because it would hurt a lot. Yeah. Anyway, they don't get hit by a bike. Uh, Delia's busy. She's got her skull necklace in the envelope it's got a note as well and it says i saw what you did can we just talk about the fact that i saw what you did has been used in like 20 robot style yeah. books now like yeah. oh no someone saw a thing that you did that you shouldn't do which makes me think what is it that he's done what is it that he's mm. done in his life that this is his main terror up the road from us there's a little park with picnic benches and someone has written on one of the benches i know what you did and i think it's really funny <laughs> <laughs> they've obviously done it as a piss take I think it's good. There's, I'm just saying there's something in his past that's awful. Do you think? Yeah, of course. See, I feel like if someone said to me, I know what you did, I would be like, huh, what? <laughs> I don't know what I did. <laughs> I would have been like, yeah, I did buy two free from goo, lemon cheese cakes, and then eat them both. <laughs> I didn't tell David I got They're anything. They're just so good. <laughs> I did eat a whole bag of biscuits. But I don't care, that's not a fucking secret. No. Who cares? Yeah, I can't. If someone said, did you eat the whole pack of biscuits? I'd be like, yeah, and I bought them. If I wrote, like, 20 books, Kirsty, and every single one of them involved, like, I don't know, the same event, wouldn't you come to me and be like, honey, <laughs> what did you do? You're being, you're thinking very highly of our friendship, because if you had written as many books as Robot Stein, I can't promise I would read all of them. <laughs> I would do my best to read as many as I could. I have read all your stuff so far, but you've not written as many books as Robot Stein. True. If you wrote that many, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I would tr- I would really try, but... <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I appreciate the effort in future. Yeah, right. Has everyone got their bingo? Jabba? Is that the right word? Shall I, check? Shall I look it up? What? Where have I got this idea that it's called a dobber? Where have I got this from? I mean, I think... Did I just make uh, it out of my head? So, I think the word is dabber, uh-huh. but I think people say dauber, like D-A-U-B, and I, in all of the UK accents, I'm sure that it's just dauber. Maybe I've misheard it. <laughs> I did grow up in Stoke, and probably that's how it would be pronounced. Dauber. I'm, I'm not very good at accents. If any listeners are from around Stoke, how would you say dauber? Would it sound like dauber? To me, that's a place that doesn't have an accent. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Everywhere's got an accent. So... You can daub off your bland menacing 
because I'm going to say that's pretty bland menacing. That is quite bland. A necklace and a note. <laughs> um, Gary got one as well, and they realised that they both lost their wallets on the island. Damn, I hate when I do a murder and then I lose my, my wallet. wallet. <laughs> left my wallet and with my address in it. Don't notice for days. Yeah. And then on the news, they see some news <laughs> about some burglars. And the police sketch is the man that Delia killed. <gasps> he is a burglar. She also realises that she left the paintball gun on the island with her fingerprints on it. She's not very good at this. No, they're really not good. I'm not saying I would be great. This is probably more realistic. That's true. I think this whole thing of, like, murderers being criminal masterminds, I think that's just a TV thing. Yeah. I think a lot of murders, they don't really cover up their tracks very well. You've got, if you, like, accidentally kill someone, you've got to take all of the clothes that you're wearing, you've got to take the gun, you've got to put it in a bag, and you've got to wait for Tony Soprano. This is what I've learned. How, how do you make him come? Do you flash some kind of signal in the sky? It's, um, it's a big plate of gabagool. Okay. What's going on? Do I need to watch the show and find out? It's a type of Italian meat, but it's just okay. funny because they talk about it all the time. I'll never they get say, to it. Like I haven't even started Breaking Bad yet, so <laughs> it's good. I've been watching ER though. I'm just oh, catching wow. up on that. Hello, <laughs> hello, nineties. <laughs> I'm behind the times, but you know, I've been reading a lot of books. What can I say? I've been reading a fucking million Fair Street books. That's my excuse. Uh, okay, so that's the situation that they're in. And then Mr. Abner, do you remember him? Oh, yeah. He couldn't take them on the overnight, but now he does want to take them. I'm not sure about him, you know. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think he wants to do something else overnight? Let's just move on. Send a parcel. Go on a sleeper train. <laughs> so they plan, they, they, they say, okay, well, they haven't told him that they've already gone, obviously. So they're like, we'll do this other overnight, and then we'll get our wallets and the paintball gun back. But when they go to check on the body, it's not there. I didn't see that. Uh, I know. Just such a, <laughs> such a plot twist. So, Mr. Rapey, I don't believe he has a name. Just, just Mr. Rapey. Just Mr. Rapey. He pops up and he explains how he wasn't dead and even though they couldn't find a pulse or anything, he wasn't dead and here's the reason. Quote. Wait, can I guess? Is it because he's already dead? <laughs> no, that would be quite good. It's not. That was on our Patreon episode, which was quite a good twist, I thought. Yeah. Anyway. You have to listen to the Patreon to find out about how that came about. This time, it's for this reason. I have a very faint pulse point. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it says in the book, Heather. (laughs) I didn't know. I skipped over it. He has a very faint pulse point. (laughs) That's why. (laughs) I have low blood pressure. They can never find my veins in the hospital. Yeah, that's basically what he says. Pulse point. Literally never heard that phrase before. So Mr. Rapey's plan was he was going to blackmail them, right? So he sent his skull necklace and a note in order to scare them so that he could later blackmail them. For her gold earrings. Why not just blackmail them in the first place? Why are you sending them notes and things? (laughs) Just send them a note that says, you tried to kill me. Give me however many dollars. You're you're applying real world sense and logic. I just, this level of menacing <sighs> it's what i think was disappointing about this book is it started and it had kind of like battle royale vibes yeah you know like i mean it, not actually but in a kind of <laughs> in a real in a, like shit robot stein version in a real low-key kid <laughs> not that interesting way it did have that you know you're like ooh, abandoned island 
lots of children. Perhaps I've just seen Battle Royale too many times, which I have, because when I lived in Toronto, the very old cinema got taken over by this, like, group of people who would just show the same film for, like, three times a day for a week and give you free popcorn that was vegan. And it was, like, two pounds to go, so I went, like, a <laughs> I can imagine why you would go so much. It was really fun. Um, But yeah, and then it just doesn't play out at all. And then it just becomes kind of like, yeah, we know what you did. uh, Last R.L. Stein book. Exactly. And yeah, and then it's just kind of a bit rubbish. Yeah, I know. And then the end is disappointing. However, we're not at the end yet because Mr. Rapey gets rapey again. I'm going to read you it because I think it's quite good again. It's too much of a roller coaster. This is when Mrs. Stein entered the chat. I feel like I need to be on like emotion, like drugs to really, like stabilize my emotions when I read these books. Do you know what I mean? Okay, well, here's a good bit. What, what was the... There was a new section. I can't remember what I decided to call it. I think I decided to call it... Uh, this bit's quite good, actually. I think we called it Kirsty's Corner of... of but all with K's. Kirsty's Corner of... of Kirsty's Clinging to Positivity Corner. But all with K's. That with K's. Clinging with Including the Including for the word positivity. Yeah. But it's a silent K. Of course. Positivity. Like pterodactyl. <laughs> But again, I think that popped up on Patreon. So, yeah, if you're interested, then that's on there. So, this is what happens there. Oh, no, I think Rosie farted. Oh, did she? Oh, Was yuck. it you? It wasn't me. I would say if it was me. Okay. Mm. I can't smell it. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I'm just going to put my shirt She's, over my... What a cheek. She's put her fucking ball over her nose. <laughs> oh, you can't hide. Rosie. Do you honestly, not understand hiding? If we have to suffer, so do you. <laughs> <clears throat> Very rude. Okay, so here's the creepy bit. Yes, she said. Yes, you're good looking. She said, looking away from him, trying to avoid his eyes, which were burning into hers. Very good looking. Say it sincere, he said. What? You heard me, he screamed. Say it sincere. I was sincere, she said weakly, seeing his temper flare. Well, maybe this will help you feel a little bit more sincere. He reached into his pocket, then held something up in front of her face. It was a pistol. See, your face is, like, saying it all that... That's horrible. Yeah. Do you know what it reminded me of? I'm actually just responding to the fire. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to laugh because this is giving him way too much credit. There's a really good Joyce Carol Oates short story called Where Are You Going? Where Have You Been? And it's, I won't give away what happens, but it's the way she builds the tension is so good. And you can read it for free online as well. And it's, it's just so good. And like, that reminds me again of like a cut price Robot Stein version of that story that's about like, this car of boys that go up to this girl's house and at first she's like really into it and it's dead flirty and fun and then it sort of gets it doesn't actually nothing graphic happens but it like gets kind of more and more horrible mm-hmm. um i thought it was quite good it's quite a creepy bit googling that so i can read it oh it's really good i think you'll like it um yeah 66 god she's old i know but like Sparky. Yeah, kind of like a random dickhead on Twitter quite a lot. I know. See, I didn't know that much about her. I chaired her recently. There was the British Library did an event with her and I chaired it and I thought she was great, like really sparky and fun and smart and then like <laughs> I've seen all this stuff where she's just like yeah, random dick to people. I'm she's like, like a, okay. She's like an octogenarian shit poster. I know. <laughs> and like for no reason. She'd do it to like <laughs> random strangers, it seems like. I'm a bit like, on the one hand, that's not nice. But on the other hand, I don't know, she just, she Vibes. looks so kind of classy and ethereal. And then she's just a shit poster. <laughs> anyway, uh, that was a good bit. Good job, Jane Stein. Yep, well I done. like that bit. Uh, so then what Delia does is shoots Mr. Rapey in the eyes with a paintball gun. 
Which, does that not make you think of that bit in Biker Grove? Oh my god. Don't that's get how, me eyes! That's how PJ got blinded. Oh my god. Yeah. That was, that is, for, like, is there a more formative moment in our generation's collective history? Right. Dungan. Oh, any, yeah, nice. any American listeners are just not going to know what's happening. They're going to be like, what's that accent she just did? Guys, Basically. You missed out, guys. I'm not going to explain it. Just that. If you Google <laughs> Dungan Me Eyes, <laughs> you'll find a clip and it'll be worth it as well. <laughs> was there a big fire in Biker Grove as well that was quite positive? Oh, I think so. I remember there was a character called Angel. Oh my God. And as a child, I just thought that was the coolest name. <laughs> of course you did. Of course I did. <laughs> I was like eight. It was the best thing ever. Um... So she shoots him in the eyes with a paintball gun, uh, but he's fine. And then the police come. How would you be fine? How would you be fine? How would you, anything going into your eyes at that close level leave you fine? Maybe she shoots him towards the eyes. I'm pretty sure if you could... I mean, Around the eyes? Brandon, didn't Brandon Lee die from being shot with a rubber bullet? Like a, like a oh, stage yeah. gun? Well, I don't know. I've heard conflicting stories. Because do some people not say it was that it was a like the, the fake bullet? But some other people say that it something got stuck in the barrel, and so it it did have a projectile in it that shouldn't have been there. I'm losing it. So he didn't get shot with a bullet, but he got shot with a projectile that came out of a gun, apparently. In a scene preceding the the gun was loaded with cartridges from which the crew had removed the powder charge. So in close-ups, the revolver would show normal-looking bullets. The crew had neglected, however, to remove the primer from the cartridges. Ah. I see. I see. I see. Wouldn't it be so awful if you were on that prop team. Mm-hmm. I hope they got offered therapy and stuff. I bet they didn't. Oh. So it was the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Was it? Must have been the 80s. I think. Or early 90s. Yeah, I think so. 93. Is that your guess? I've just looked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you cheat. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's what happens in this book. But I want to have a little aside for the dialogue in this book. Go on. Uh, some quotes I particularly like. Cool your jets, man. <laughs> I also really like this one. And now he plans to croak us one by one. <laughs> well, to croak us. Parry's favourite line is, okay. everyone knows I'm into zap wars. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't pick two of the incredibly queer lines oh. in this book. I've put this under the, I've reintroduced the queer content section. Okay. <laughs> I'd like to pound that guy. <laughs> How is that not your favourite line? Yeah, I missed it. And there's also this one. We can bum wood if it's damp. (laughs) (laughs) Not a sexual practice I'm familiar with, but do you know what? If that's your thing... I'm I'm familiar with it, but I've never heard it described in that way. (laughs) Want to bum wood? Only if it's damp. (laughs) I don't even know what it's supposed to mean, even in like a non innuendo context bum, bum, bum it bum. if it's damp you're gonna bum it if <laughs> bumming something mean you get it from someone else like to bum a cigarette yeah but bum it from where who from a guy with a massive cock <laughs> <laughs> anyway i can't believe you missed out on those classic lines i read this very quickly very late last night that's why it's probably the only way to read it really oh my god go <laughs> I'd like to pound that guy. I <laughs> bet you would. Um, I love language. So that's I just the... love the way it moves and makes things funny. That's the end of the book. Wait. Is... Oh, you got another one. I've got low lights. Oh, I forgot they are low lights. Um, my low light is like guns, zap guns being treated as if they were real guns. Yeah. Except then at the end, 
when it would be cause some real damage. It just hasn't. It just doesn't. It's completely inconsistent. And I feel like he'd written it with real guns, and then he was like, wait, this is for teenagers. And then they've had to make it be paintball guns, mm-hmm. except zap guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very low light. But now, as you've pointed out, the real low light is the line, wet, wet, wet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I could bring that into your life. <laughs> it, was annoy- it was an annoying mix of quite good and really shit. Yeah, I think the the like threatening man bits were, I think, quite well written. Stay with me when I say this. Okay. Do you think this in any way... Robot Stein can be blamed for our generation's absolutely dog shit mental health. <laughs> because he takes I don't think these... single-handedly. I think maybe he can. We've all read it a lot, and especially us mm-hmm. now. <laughs> maybe he can be responsible for our mental health. I just feel but like... we made the choice to read them. I just feel like he puts us on these mental roller coasters that don't make any sense, and then it may have affected us. Can we sue, gener- as a generation, can we sue Robot Stein? I don't think so. No, I'm not into it. Conv- any lawyers listening? <laughs> Get in touch. Have we got a case? I'm going to say no. <laughs> I'm going to say, I also don't want that to be my legacy in life. I don't want my Wikipedia page to have a Robot Stein section. Oh, good point, yeah. Yeah. Honey, so maybe we shouldn't. It's already going to. <laughs> I hate to tell you about it. We've spent no, eight seasons talking about it. No. I don't, don't know why I'm saying to... honey so much today. I know. <laughs> What's that? Is this your some Sopranos thing? No, they don't say honey. Don't I don't think. know why you're doing it then. It's because I'm really tired and kind of losing my mind. Oh, I know that feeling. So, <laughs> is this book good though? Oh, mm. You kind of liked it. You know, it's got some good bits. On a Stein level, you'd have to give it a four. Yeah. Which is depressing. On the Stein scale. On the, on the yeah Stein scale, we'll mm-hmm. give it a four then. I agree. Good, bad. Unfortunately. Or maybe also four. Because it's got the line, wet, wet, wet. <laughs> I'd like to bum that. No, I'd like to pound that I'd guy. Like pound that guy. Bum some wood. <laughs> oh my god, alright, let's give it a four. Let's wow. give it a double four. Four plus four. Yeah, that's eight. Wow. It's <laughs> a whole eight. It's pretty good for Robot Stein. We can't end the episode by saying don't read the book, because I think maybe people should read the book. Maybe read the book? May- yeah. Don't put it top of your list. Top, top of your list. Well, they're not but reading or possibly reading. I'm doing weird emphasis there. It's like my mum. Do you know she calls it Airbnb? We've talked about this and my dad calling it a hot dog. <laughs> Just why, why are you emphasising this part of the word? Um, yeah, maybe read the book. Where can people get us while they're maybe reading it? Uh, well, they can join us next week where we are doing Missing. Oh, yeah. Which Heather fucking hated. So that'll be fun. <laughs> That's always my favourite one. And, uh, oh, I wish you could see her face. If you could illustrate a sigh. <laughs> That's Heather's face right now. Heather's so face all the time. Join us next week for Heather's sigh face in audio form. Until then, you can find us on Twitter at Teenage Scream underscore or Instagram at Teenage Scream Pod. And if you like us and want to give us some money, you can do so at patreon.com slash Teenage Scream Podcast. Um, and for I think it's four fifty a month you get to be able to support us and you get a pin badge and you get a free bonus episode every month. Yeah, and there's like thirty past ones. Too many. Which you will have access to all of those. Too too many. Yes, including the early days when we talked far too much about Heather's sex life before it's before deciding that we shouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> Did we? <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Do you not remember you reached a point where you were like Oh, yeah. I don't think I should do this anymore. It's because we started off drinking gin when we yeah. did those, and it was funny and delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, you it was you that kept talking about my sex I life. I know. 
well, you gave the information. I don't know about your sex life until you tell me. And now I don't tell you anything. So it worked, didn't it? It's your little perfect. plan. <laughs> <laughs> My plan worked. And your plan can work if it's to hear more about these books. Oh, God. Yeah. So maybe read the book. We'll see you next time. Bye.